Good day. I am Francis Gargani, Redemptorist, speaking to you from our Redemptorist provincial residence here in Washington, D.C. on this 3rd of February, Wednesday. And the Gospel today is from Mark, chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Jesus departed from there, came to his native place, accompanied by his disciples, and when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. They said, where did this man get all this? What kind of wisdom has been given him? What mighty deeds are wrought by his hands? Is he not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his native place, and among his own kin, and in his own house. So Jesus was not able to perform any mighty deeds there, apart from curing a few sick people by laying his hands on them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Though it seems like I just put away the many boxes of the Christmas decorations we redemptors here in Washington, D.C. have accumulated over the years, I realize as I join you this 3rd of February, Wednesday, we are only two weeks from the beginning of the season of Lent. We're in another in-between time, a season our liturgical calendar calls ordinary, a return to the everyday business of working and, well, everyday living. And though there still is nothing too ordinary about this time of the pandemic we are living through, confined, as it were, from gathering, waiting in lines now to get vaccinated, and mourning the deaths of hundreds of thousands of our nation and millions around our world community, a certain calm of ordinariness has descended, at least on the surface. The memory of our nation's Capitol building being overrun by a mob of enraged women and men insisting our recent presidential election is a fraud to the inauguration of our new president and vice president, with literally thousands of women and men of our civil military guarding them from further insurrection, is still deeply imprinted on our consciousness. That we are living in both a nation and a church deeply divided with a plague piercing the heart of the body politic and our economy in shatters, such is never far from our attempt to return to some semblance of normalcy, ordinariness. Life must go on. And so it is into the ordinary life of Jesus, returning to his hometown of Nazareth, going to shul and teaching there, we are introduced to in today's gospel reading from Mark, this Wednesday in the fourth week of ordinary time. And it is because Jesus is a native from this 
backwater, nothing of a town, a village as depressed as it is oppressed by the rapacious Roman Empire that had wiped it out three generations before his birth because of an attempted Jewish uprising, that he is both questioned and judged too ordinary to be a prophet of any real worth. Since his mother is Miriam, one of their own, his trade is a carpenter, nothing special, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, can easily be named, while his sisters go unnamed in such a typically patriarchal culture, everything is too ordinary for his neighbors. Faith seems to be reserved only for the spectacular and for people and events out of the ordinary, extraordinary. This short section ends with Jesus being amazed at their lack of faith, having uttered that famous phrase of his, a prophet is not without honor except in his native place and among his own kind and in his own house. When you think you know what there's to know about someone, you can easily miss what sometimes is staring you in the face, literally. How often this has been true in our own lives, both for good and bad, and the task of every spiritual director is to help us spot the showings of God in our ordinary lives. Well, I can't help but think of that young woman poet, Amanda Gorman, at President Biden's inauguration, invited by his wife, Dr. Jill Biden, who knocked the socks off everyone who wrote in her poem, Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken but simply unfinished. We, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. And so it is that a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother gave voice to our hopes and dreams at the inauguration of our 46th president of our nation. God can show up in the most ordinary folk, people who don't expect much from, people who look too much like us, people who come from nowhere special, from nobody special, but isn't that the real meaning of the coming of Christ, of the very Christmas story we treasure and gussy up with endless decorations? God is one with us ordinary folk, inviting us to see divinity shimmering right before us, to uncover our authentic identity as God's daughters and sons, to affirm through ordinary stuff like water, in ordinary rituals like baptism, using ordinary words that we are God's beloved. God is in the ordinariness of our everyday lives, in our work and leisure, in our everyday relationships, and especially in our relationships with the easily dismissed and overlooked, the nobodies and the throwaways of our world. And since today just also happens to be the optional memorial of St. Blaise, intercessor for healing of ailments of our throats and speech, we could, in ordinary speech as ordinary poets, name the showings of God in our and the world's ordinary life.
And if we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. For there is always light. Amen.